0: Welcome back.
1: Hey, this is another
0: edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. That's Catherine Rubino. Also, hi
1: Joe Patrice. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we're editors at Above the Law, and we do this show every week to give a you know a rundown of some of the story big stories that were of the, the week legal that week was. that was. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know my I can do my own. Little catchphrase Well, you
1: know, thing. you're a little boring, so I'm trying to, z- z- you know, zing it up a bit for you. You're welcome.
0: Super. Uh, we're <laughs> uh, We're obviously in the midst of legal week here. Uh, obviously. Right. Who
1: doesn't have that marked on their calendar already?
0: I mean, it is, a you know, a fairly big deal, especially for those of us who care about legal tech, which I know is most not, of this audience. Not the
1: majority of our audience. I'm no, willing to no, wager a guess.
0: Everybody loves legal tech, but uh, so we're in Legal <laughs> Week, so we're kind of all over the place. Chris isn't here, but Catherine and I are able to have a brief conversation about some things. Uh, we wanted to do that, but first we'll have a little small talk. Bah, 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 bah. Small talk. Yeah, I don't have any sound boards. That said, uh, so <laughs> small talk. Just
1: literally dialing it in this week, huh?
0: That's how this works. Uh, so yeah, small talk. Uh, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic. How about you?
0: I am super great. I've been, uh, you know, it's it's always nice to be able to spend some extended time uh, at a conference. I get to see all of my uh, my conference friends again, which is always nice. You just
1: you just said the word "drinking buddies a funny way.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's a good time being had by all. We're actually
1: this is not small talk. You know, small talk is supposed to be something that isn't work related, right?
0: It's not. It's not that it's not work-related. It's that it's not one of the stories of the week, you know? No,
1: it's supposed to be like, oh, look, it, we're people. We're not just, you know, AI-generated legal news generators.
0: Well, because I was going to transition to another topic, but you're going to get mad at me about that, too. Did you ca- happen to catch Saturday Night Live this weekend?
1: Okay, that actually counts. Okay. I'll give you that. All right. <laughs> um,
0: for anybody who didn't catch Saturday Night Live this weekend, uh, there is a new character uh, on Saturday Night Live played by... Keenan Thompson and it's our own thinking like a lawyer's former host uh Ellie Mostall is now a it's is pretty right, live cool it,
1: you know yeah. I'm not I have I've left the era of my life where I am a regular SNL viewer but the twitters were a tweeting uh, going crazy and legal twitter when it was happening so I was able to catch the end of it and then since then I have watched the the full clip but it is it's pretty cool
0: yeah i mean it's not uh the character doesn't have a lot to do. Uh, he he basically is there to get abuse heaped on him uh, by the uh, Jimmy Fallon character. But, you know, I, I mean, I think it's encouraging that, you know, it means that over at SNL, people are uh, paying attention to uh, Ellie, and it, it suggests that he might be a character in future pol- politics sketches, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that, that they didn't really, uh, they nailed the visual, I think, um, of Unbelievably so.
0: Like yeah. I, I, hats off to the wardrobing people. Like they managed yeah. to find the exact level of uh suit that like just yeah, from I, afar. Yeah, it you was knew. something
1: I actually um I texted Ellie as it was happening. I was like the thing that impresses me is that's the exact shade of gray suit that you wear all the time. I know because it used to hang on the back of our office door, Correct, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs>
0: yeah, like is somebody somebody's job at NBC this week was to go find a copy of the suit that he wears on all of his TV appearances which I I mean and they nailed
1: impressive. it. Is it impressive?
0: Really impressive. I, mean,
1: I listen, I, I agree though that like he, as a, as a persona, I think, is, is also ripe for caricature, right. um, not just his visual appearance. Um, and they nailed the visual. Now, Now, if they actually delved a little deeper and were able to, uh, he, he's, he's ripe for caricature, I think, his pers- personality. Yeah. And, and maybe that'll be the future.
0: Yeah. No, so uh, exciting stuff on that front. Unless you have anything else for small talk, I think we really nailed it. I mean, I guess I really nailed it by coming up with this topic.
1: You are the worst. You know that, right? Like, it's not a competition.
0: Bum, ba, Although ba, ba, I think— histo- Oh, oh i on! That's I, the end of our time for small I was,
1: talk. I might have had actual small talk, you know. Like, real small talk.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you heard the trumpet. So we
1: It was you. It was you. It was your mouth making those trumpeting noises. I I don't You can't fool me. Um, You you can't fool me.
0: We can now move on to our first topic of the week.
1: Boo.
0: Uh okay. So Donald Trump owes a lot of money. Oh, yeah. To Eugene Carroll. He managed to lose the most recent defamation trial, which as a reminder was another defamation trial after he'd already defamed E. Gene Carroll and then he repeated the exact same things he'd already been found liable to the tune of $5 million to his attorneys, uh, uh, not his attorneys, uh, Gene Carroll's attorneys, Roberta Kaplan and, uh, and her firm, argued, I think quite persuasively to the jury that uh, if he was charged $5 million not to say this and then he turned around and said it, 23 or four more times. That suggests that uh, you need to come up with the amount of money that will make him stop, uh, which is yeah. how torts work. And, uh, <laughs> and so that
1: 3 million was, was the number.
0: Yeah. So now he's, now he's got like 88 at some odd million that he owes all told. And uh, there we go. Anyway, the reason that, I mean, that's a whole story in itself. Like, do you, do you want to talk about the substance of that? or do We want to move to the, absolutely non-substantive thing that is the story here.
1: Dealer's choice here. I, I will just kind of put a little footnote in that Roberta Kaplan appeared on the cable news circuit over the weekend and feels very confident that her client will get the money.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be true. I mean, the... Because this is a second- def- I
1: mean, whether or not he has that 83 well, or that's $88 the issue. Million.
0: I don't, I've long been one of those people who thinks that this guy is not the billionaire he claims to be. Uh, that said, you know, he owns at least some amount of interest in a number of properties. So he should be mm-hmm. able to get that kind of money. Uh, so, But it may well be that, uh, you know, if you've been Thinking about moving to Mar-a-Lago, it may go on the market or something like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> probably not that. Anyway, the point is, he's uh, he owes that money. Robbie Kaplan's going to get it. There's not much reason to think that that wouldn't be the case. Okay, this is again, this is the second trial on the exact same thing. The appeals process has already more or less been slammed in his face over it. So, any appeal at this point is, yeah, I mean, it's hard to see what it would be really over. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's that. The non-substantive bit that we were going to talk about was, um, this marks a, you know, kind of a stunning defeat for otherwise exemplary lawyer Alina Hava. Uh, (laughs) Alina, we talked about last week, was managing to screw up every bit of the trial process from the rules of evidence on down. She claimed she needed mistrials for things she didn't understand, uh, the judge lost patient, judge Kaplan lost patience quite a few times up to, and including at the very end when he, uh, he had the little aside that she, that one of her objections, he's like, you're getting real close to spending some time in lockup. Uh, so mm. we were, it wasn't going great for her. So this loss doesn't really, it as a big surprise, uh, but she then put out, well, she didn't. Trump's fans put out a picture that somehow they got a hold of, which, you know, that's where I go with she put it out, because how else would they have gotten this? Uh, some swimsuit picture of her that was captioned, this is Trump's lawyer, Joe Biden, eat your heart out, which I, I don't quite under, there, there's that's, a lot to unpack there.
1: I mean, obviously, objectifying and all the the problematic things, but I, I'm not sure why I'm not sure why that matters even a little bit. I'd I'd much rather have a competent lawyer to do the lawyering than
0: an attractive one. Well, that was what really got me about it was the the, the takeaway I had that was interesting uh, getting into kind of the, the armchair psychological pathology of these folks is it means that in their mind, having an attractive lawyer is not just a good thing over competence, which as you pointed out, probably untrue. But it also suggested, Im- impliedly they were suggesting that Biden would feel bad about this fact. Biden, who, as we all know, is not actually involved in any criminal or defamation yeah. trials, right? So it's a, it's not even like it's a reciprocal thing. Like, it's not even like this is his lawyer and they're in, they're in some sort of a courtroom battle. Like, I don't- I-
1: Yeah. Because it's, I think that the people are not understanding that all these legal battles have nothing to do with Joe Biden, right? They're they're it's offense against Trump that he has to get through in order to fight the boss at the end, right? Right. In order to to, to get to the Biden battle, he has to get through this first. And it, it, Biden, what, who, what, who, Alina, who, I think that's probably what he's saying out there.
0: So, on the uh, you raised the objectification point, which is a a fair one. I will also say the interesting level of this from an objectification perspective was that it seems as though she may have kind of a a gravitational lensing effect. Uh, because when you look at the picture, there's, there's weird warping going on behind her, which uh, suggests, you know, like how black holes can bend light or that this is just really, really clumsily photoshopped this picture.
1: I mean, first of all, Clumsy Photoshop is not unheard of, right? Like the Kardashians are constantly under fire for their warped walls behind them yeah. and, and 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 you know, like like you're literally standing in front of a checkerboard pattern and it's not checkerboard near your waist, weirder. But like uh, so the, so that's not I think that that um the prevalence of uh, apps like FaceTune and and other kinds of things make it super easy to do on your phone and they're also not cr- incredibly high resolution when you're doing it on your phone, so People do it quick and they throw it up there and it is what it is.
0: I just, if this is the sort of thing you're intending to make into a, if you're a public figure, and I guess you're right about mentioning the Kardashians here, like, because they, they they would fit this. But if you're the sort of person putting something out that you know is going to be scrutinized like this, like, can you not try to be a little bit more careful? Like, wouldn't that- wouldn't I mean, that-
1: did she though? Like, I, I guess I don't know the the origins of the picture, but it looked to me like, you know, a vacation photo from a couple of years ago. Well, sure. I mean, I don't think she was thought of herself as a public figure three years ago. She wasn't, really.
0: Right, but but I guess my take on it is, well, then how did it get in the hands of the acolytes who decided to tweet it around like this? Like, Somebody it, who
1: had enough time to scroll through her entire Insta feed. Oh,
0: I guess that's true. People publicly put all that stuff up. And, well, and then that goes to the question of why wouldn't you privatize that stuff if you've gotten to this point in your life, but...
1: Because you well, you probably also think, like, I've got nothing to hide. Like, it's not a yeah. big deal. Like It is what it is. Like, the pictures are there. They're not. Who cares? Like, yeah. you know, if you're even thinking about it, she probably has spending a lot of time brushing up on courtroom procedures, so she may not have thought really too hard uh, about uh, her uh, Instagram. Uh, br-
0: but she was, because she was too busy <laughs> airbrushing up the... Okay, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, Alright, well, yeah, so...
1: There's that that lawsuit, right? That people are suing social media companies for the bad psychological impacts of social media on on folks. And I think that the um editing your photos is something that a lot of people do and don't even think think about one way yeah. or the other. It's just it's of course why why wouldn't I? The tools are there. I assume everyone's photos are a little bit t- touched up. Why wouldn't I do the same?
0: I yeah, I guess I I mean I don't I've never touched up any of my own personal photos that said I'm uh, kind of an Adonis physical specimen, uh, so I don't need to. But <laughs> what was that? Yep. Did I hear anything? Okay, some,
1: <laughs> my headphones For have sound some. The sound of scratch. silence.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, no. I, I've never really understood all of those sorts of things. I mean, the artsiest thing I understand is that sometimes you can make the picture black and white. Uh, so well, I. Well, you're
1: also a little bit older too, right? I don't uh, know if what, you even what, mean this in what, a dig whoa, way.
0: Whoa! 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 Violence. I don't even mean that
1: as a dig, really, but like you know, the <laughs> I, I think I think it's I think particularly for you know millennials, I, I think that, and I think Gen Z might even be different than that, but I think for for millennials, it's a lot more understood that that happens. I don't think it's like wild to think that people do it, you know. I, I think it's just yeah, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure some people do, yeah. yeah, or they don't, or they don't put up. You know, bikini photos or you know whatever they whatever it is, but but I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't strike me as something absurd.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, uh, let's take a break now. Uh, That was going into last week the top story of the year, that Alina story. But then it was immediately surpassed by what we're going to get to on the other side of this break. McDermott Will and Emery is Vault's number one law firm for associate satisfaction three years running. Why? Because they're doing big law better. At McDermott, you define what your success looks like. They help you achieve it. McDermott's award-winning professional development program and hands-on mentorship propel you toward your goals, while the industry-leading wellness benefits help you feel your best so you can do your best. Want to see how your life could be better at McDermott? Head to mwe.com slash above the law. Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at calidusai.com. That's C A L L I D U S A I dot com. Okay, so the current leader in the, you know, I mean, the listen, clubhouse it's, it's, it's Best still Story. January.
1: It's the waning days of January, but sure. it, we, we're not far into it. Sure.
0: But the current leader in the clubhouse is. There's a constitutional battle happening right now. Uh, Bit of
1: a crisis, you might even
0: Sort of a crisis. Uh, the the governor of Texas has decided that to use his own law enforcement to take over the border. Uh, the United States Customs and Border Patrol uh, feel as though that's their job. Something about the nature of the supremacy Title. clause and yeah. how the Constitution works. But they are not being allowed to do their job by state officials. This was then shot up the shadow docket uh, of the Supreme Court to get a quick response. Uh, the Supreme Court issued a ruling uh, with zero opinions, you know, because everything was well, yeah, shadow docketed
1: and yeah. it just came back as as a 5-4 decision.
0: So a 5-4 decision with no opinions. Uh, I, you know, we a couple of years ago, I wrote a story about Justice Barrett and kind of the cynical, disingenuous garbage that she was spouting about how, well, you can't criticize us. We write, a- write our opinions, and if you read them carefully, you understand exactly what we mean, uh, which overlooked the fact that most of the stuff they do, they don't even write opinions for anymore because yeah. that's yeah. a shadow docket. Although she Shout was on the to-
1: right side of this decision. She and the chief yeah. justice joined the liberal justices in the majority saying that, the Supremacy Clause exists. Yeah. So Yay, you, she could read the Constitution. You
0: stepped on you, you, you stepped on where I was what I was saying, but uh so they most of what they do don't even have these opinions anymore. That's a shout out to checking out uh Steve Vladek's book about um about the shadow docket. But yes, she joins the chief in ruling that the supremacy clause exists. Chris Geidner makes the argument that it's not entirely guaranteed that the four justices who voted the other way don't believe in the supremacy clause he kind of floated the idea that maybe maybe they just thought that the the appeal wasn't ripe or some sort of a Procedural issue. I if can't wishes remember.
1: were bunnies, then you yeah, know, that's, I, that's what I think about that. Listen, I, I think it's a the, game, these guys, these guys theory. have been telling us who they are from the very beginning. We know, we know who they are. We know that they care about what the policy impact is to these decisions more than they care about the rule of law or about having a specific uh, methodology. They call themselves textualists, call themselves originalists, but they're not, and they just use that as a, as a way to hide behind what they actually want, which is whatever policies. They currently want, you know, I think it's a wildly problematic. And I think that folks who are just happy that the that Roberts and Barrett joined the majority are overlooking how terrifying it is that four justices are not willing to say that the supremacy clause should control in this instance. And and it's literally causing a constitutional crisis to five, four decision and Abbott's refusing to do anything about it.
0: Well, that's the, yeah. that's the next bit of this. So, so this transitions to uh, emboldened by the fact that not a majority voted for him. Uh, Greg Abbott has doubled down and refused to acknowledge, to uh, comply with the order and just said, I don't, I still don't think this applies to me and uh, we're going to,
1: Make me is what he said.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're at that point when Andrew Jackson did that to John Marshall, at least he was the president. This, uh, this has a lot more confederacy to it. It's, <laughs> it's uh,
1: like confederacy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's weird. And now if, if it comes to it, like obviously the, uh, the president can, you know, tell the national guard to bite it. And what happens then? I, I, I think the the at least the leadership of the Texas National Guard are professionals who would understand Mm -hmm. that and would not follow an illegal Mm -hmm. order from Greg Abbott. But who who knows where we are at this point?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that we should go around making too many assumptions in general. I feel like the last few years, if they've taught us anything, it's not to assume that people are going to do what they're supposed to do.
0: So uh, that spawned another thing that we wrote about, which was there was a a real flurry on social media of what are you wearing to the constitutional crisis? Uh, with people putting up goofy things that they intend to wear when the republic dies. Did you put up anything? No. No.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess
0: yeah. Fair. Well, thanks for thanks for being plugged into the legal social the the law social media sphere. Meanwhile, I did because I you know.
1: I think I would probably have uh, gotten an image though from uh, the Barbie movie, oh, um, okay. Supreme Court Justice Barbie. Maybe
0: <laughs> I was. Uh, I put up a picture of Alf wearing a tuxedo. I felt like that really encapsulated. Shows exactly that you're this Gen moment.
1: X. Yeah, it does.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I thought it encapsulated the moment. I. I mean, I really thought. I mean, the real one. I thought uh, of what I will actually be wearing was just the picture of Johnny Depp playing Hunter S. Thompson, uh, yelling like, we can't stop here. This is bat country. Cause that's I, what I think I actually <laughs> view this <laughs> particular moment in history as, but I thought it was a little too pretentious for somebody who's a journalist to post a Hunter S. Thompson image. Yeah. So I went with Al. Yeah.
1: I, I think that, that whatever passes for armor is what I actually want to wear. Cause it's all terrifying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's I need some take
1: tactical a, vest. Ooh, I want to wear the tactical vest with a lot of with a lot of pockets from the um Bl- Black Widow movie.
0: Oh, okay. That oh, Florence right. Pugh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wore. Oh, that's a good one with the uh, Florence Pugh Poo Florence Pooh's character. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was funny. I haven't thought about that movie since the theater. Okay. Yeah. Good. I
1: really enjoyed it. Now I know it wasn't as quite as well received as some of the other Marvel fare, but I thought it was a real good movie.
0: Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's JD McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you. I bet you he has got so many years of experience, like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school are you a lawyer do you
1: suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace sit down with Guy and Conrad for lunch hour legal marketing on the legal talk network available wherever podcasts are found
0: all right let's close this out uh this is a story that just uh is actually breaking a little bit as we're uh talking about it we
1: we record on Mondays. Something that uh, both Chris and I have covered uh, in the past, there was a discrimination and retaliation case that uh, Davis Polk was fought, was facing from one of their former fired associates. And the trial was, in, I mean, the allegations were, you know, splashy and whatnot, but when it actually came to trial and the cross-examinations and, and all these witnesses came up, it was pretty interesting. Davis Polk, the firm, argued that it wasn't that it was discrimination as much as it was just a bad associate. And uh, it was kind of painful, I think, a little bit to hear all the negative reviews that were out there. All all that kind of stuff was pretty, pretty painful, I thought, to, to go through. But this morning, well, on Friday, the, the judge uh, let the jury... Uh, begin deliberations, but the discrimination claims were, and some of the defendants were eliminated, so they only considered the retaliation claim against two of the individual defendants and the firm itself, and and came back after two hours of deliberation that no one was liable.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. it it was an interesting case, and like, we, we've we been talking about the, I mean, we just, in the last couple episodes, been talking about like the Troutman Pepper situation, and uh, you mm-hmm. know, like, these kind of fine lines between Managing associates and uh, inviting, if, if not actively inviting, but ac- inviting through, through omission discrimination at, you know, like because you can do that through kind of omission too. If the only person you're criticizing happens to be black, then you even, you know, you being a jerk doesn't actually get you out of that potentially. But this is a slightly different case. The allegations in this case of just, hey, can you do this? Uh, It it reads very much Bartleby the Scrivener, just like, yeah, I prefer not to. I prefer not to. Yeah, uh, which is not...
1: it, yeah, for for those who have been closely formula. following, uh, yeah, the associate in question, um, was the allegations were that they were asked to do an assignment for a different group than than he worked for, but his hours were relatively low, and the other group was slammed, and they needed him to help out, and he said no. Yeah, he said no. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, I think he said that. You are you aware that uh, black associates generally don't do well in big law?
0: Is what is what this person responded?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's uh, what, yeah, the, the plaintiff responded. What the associate
0: responded, responded
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but which, you know, it's nothing to do with, with uh, a partner at a different group, but a partner, the firm wanting you to do an assignment. Um, I can't, as someone who spent time in big law, I cannot imagine. Right. Unless you're billing, I can, ima- well, it's not true, I can imagine if you're billing 100 hours a week consistently, I could see being like, I'm not really sure I have the bandwidth. I could see that legitimately as a thing. That was not the allegations in this case that it was that he definitely had the bandwidth. He was billing the least amount of hours or whatever. If I wasn't, if I wasn't billing 80, 90, 100 hours a week, I would, there's no, there's no scenario where I would feel like saying no, no thank you to an assignment was an acceptable right path forward. And right. apparently it wasn't a path forward, right? He well, was fired right. eventually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so that's our big law story uh, of the week, I guess. Uh, I think we're good. I think good. that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're off to Legal Week. We'll be doing lots of stuff there. So if people are there, they can see us. If not, we'll catch you at the next thing. This You should be subscribed to this show so you get new episodes when they come out. You should write reviews. Stars, write like a little something. It always helps. You can... Check out Above the Law and read that because that's where we get all these stories from. Then you can be informed by the time we uh, we start riffing on it here. Uh, you should follow us on social media. Uh, it's at ATL Blog. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. Uh, we're also over at Blue Sky, where I'm Joe Patrice and she's still Catherine One. You should check out. The Jabot uh, podcast that she hosts. Uh, I'm a guest on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable, uh, where we talk about legal tech, which, as we've all decided, is clearly the most fun thing we do here. Okay. Your mic, I think, is still on. Uh, And then then, uh, you check out the other shows from the Legal Talk Network. And with all of that said, we will uh, talk to you next week. Peace.